Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is. Good. Good. To beat the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one swung line drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is safe. Green runs the This is the Powers on Sports podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host Jason Powers down here in Tampa, Florida. Well, well, an eventful week in the sports world. We got World Series action. We're going to discuss. We're going to discuss some comings and goings in the National Football League. We're also going to talk some college football today. You want to reach out to us? Check us out at JPO Sports on Twitter. If you want to send us a comment, you can find us on several podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe, rate, and review if you get an opportunity. If you're listening, definitely can use your your feedback. We'll definitely uh, share the podcast with your friends, your sports friends, your friends uh, that that like good information concerning college football, pro football, all the sports of the day. We'll give you some. We'll give you some game picks as well. I'll give you my three best bets of the weekend as we head into the NFL and the college football slate. It's not a great slate in the world of college football. We're going to start off in the in the college football world. Not a great slate of games this week. But we are going to, before we get to this week's game, just want to recap last week a little bit. The game of the week, obviously, was last week in Tuscaloosa. The Alabama Crimson Tide soundly defeat the Georgia Bulldogs 41-24. Big effort by the Tide in the second half. It was a 24-20 game, Georgia with the lead at the half. Uh, And Alabama with a very convincing second-half performance. Mac Jones, Jalen Waddell, and the wide receiving core was just too much for the Georgia defense. Stetson Bennett, the quarterback for Georgia, really struggled. After about the first quarter and a half, he really struggled to move the ball. Had a couple interceptions, some drops by the Georgia receivers. And the uh, Georgia defense was just not able to hold up versus the, the, the depth and the quality of the Alabama skill players. Again, you had three wide receivers. You got Najee Harris in the backfield. A big effort by Mac Jones. Kind of the backbreaker was a uh, ni- about a 90-yard touchdown. Mac Jones hit, I believe it was J- Jalen Waddle. And you have Devontae Smith at receiver, and you have Mechie at receiver. Just a very, very, very good trio of wide receivers in Tuscaloosa. And I, I thought Georgia played tried to play too much man to man. You had to, and, and and when you play that much man to man against that kind of skill, Sarkeesian kept drawing up the deep, the deep pass routes, the seven, five, seven step pass routes. They were really trying to hit them for big chunks, and they did. So, full credit to the Alabama offensive staff. The defensive uh, for Alabama settled down after the first quarter and a half or so and played a really good second half and shut down the Georgia passing attack. Uh, again, Georgia's a quality team, still a top 10 team, but I just 
I'm not sure they have enough at wide receiver and at the quarterback position to take them over the top to beat an Alabama to, to, to potentially get to the playoff. We very can see how they match up in the, in the with the rest of their SEC schedule. They have Florida to deal with in the East. Kentucky's playing very well in the East. So we'll be very, it'll be a very interesting Eastern Division race. In the West, you've got Alabama. You've got a struggling LSU team, a struggling Auburn team. It's really Alabama's division to, to blow. I don't see them losing uh, a game in the Western side of things. They do play Florida. Uh, in a couple of weeks, so a potential hiccup there potentially for, for Alabama, but they'll definitely be a favorite in every game they play. Welcome, uh, before we get to the Big Ten, Florida State with a nice win last week in Tallahassee with a nice, with a big up, it wasn't a big upset, but an upset of North Carolina. North Carolina came in at number five in the country. That was too high of a rating for in my book for North Carolina. They got a decent Offense, not a great defense. Sam Howell, the quarterback's up and down, a little inconsistent. He plays great for two or three series in a row, and then he'll have a bonehead two or three plays in a row like he did in Tallahassee through an egregious screen pass that turned into a touchdown, defensive touchdown for Florida State. Uh, give credit to Mike Norvell and the Seminoles. They, they played much more consistent, much better. Jumped out to a huge lead against North Carolina and kind of hung on at the end to win. Uh, Carolina was driving to tie the game and potentially win the game. The running back for Carolina dropped the very catchable ball on fourth down late in the game on about the Florida State 25. And so that kind of wrapped up the upset. But good job by Mark, Mike Norvell keeping that team together after some disheartening losses. They, they got crushed by Miami, lost uh, handily at Notre Dame. So good job by Norvell. Looks like Florida State might have found a, small, a quarterback. Jordan Travis did a pretty good job so far in the two games he's played. So hopefully things are on the rise up in Tallahassee with Mike Norvell. Florida canceled game against LSU. Major COVID issues. So again, I, I know we harped on it a little bit last week, but shame on Dan Mullen for, for spouting off at the mouth after the A&M game saying he wanted 90000 at uh, Ben Hill Griffith Stadium in Gainesville at the Swamp. He came down with COVID. He's had a total of 31 guys on his team have tested positive for COVID. So if you're Dan Mullen, please, please, please worry about coaching football. Don't be worrying about uh, how many people are in the stands in Gainesville, okay? You got a good team. You got a good offense. Worry about getting your defense fixed. Worry about getting the guys healthy first and foremost. And then uh, – Worry about coaching against Georgia and Alabama coming up here. Welcome back to the Big Ten, to the party. The Big Ten gets their party started this Saturday night. Uh, back, actually, Friday night. You're going to be hearing this on, on probably Friday night, Saturday. So they actually start Friday night with Wisconsin and Illinois up in Madison. Uh, that's a decent game. And the, probably the marquee Big Ten matchup tomorrow is going to be Minnesota hosting the Michigan Wolverines will be the ABC game Saturday night. Herb Street, Fowler, uh, Maria Taylor, and that whole crew is going to be up in Minneapolis for that one. Be a very interesting matchup to see how PJ Fleck and company uh, deal with Harbaugh. See how that goes. Very good opening week matchup there. Not a lot of great matchups in the rest of the conference. You do have Ohio State, Nebraska. 
you know, two big names, but you know, Ohio State, many people believe are one of the top two or three best teams in the country. So we'll see how that goes with Justin Fields and company. Ryan Day leading leading the crew into Lincoln. If you remember, uh, Scott Frost and company were very vocal about their their wanting to play uh, with no break, uh, start the season on time in Lincoln. Well, now you get your chance, Nebraska Scott Frost. This is year three for Scott Frost. Uh, he better start getting some getting something done because the the faithful will start to uh, wane here if you threw in another four and four, five and four kind of year in in Lincoln. So. Big year for Scott Frost and, and company in, in Lincoln, but a tough, tough matchup for them in week one. So it'll be interesting to see how these Big Ten teams play. Uh, again, SEC, the ACC, Clemson rolled last week against uh, Georgia Tech. Huge performance out of uh, Trevor Lawrence and company. So, not a again, not a great slate of college football this week as far as big matchups. So we will we will hold it right there as far as the college football talk. Let's transition to the World Series. My Tampa Bay Rays, who I told you was going to get to the World Series, up against the Los Angeles Dodgers, who won a seventh game coming back from 3-1 down against the Braves. Kind of stuck it to me a little bit in Game 7. I was I had a, uh, had a nice wager on the Braves to win the series. Uh, they were plus 190 to win the series, and up 3-1 I was feeling pretty darn good. And they spit the bit in Game 7. Clay Bellinger with the huge blow in Game 7. Tie game, 7th inning, hits, a, hits, a, hits the home run to put the Dodgers up. They win 4-3 in Game 7. Major, major base running blunders by the Braves in both Game 5 and Game 7. Especially Game 7, Braves are up 3-2. 4th inning, 2nd and 3rd, nobody outs. Swanson runs into a terrible uh, out at, at home. Then Riley gets doubled up on third base. So they go from a potential second and third with one out to a man on first with two outs, only up 3-2. Really, uh, really, 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 really hurt the Braves there. They had the uh, they pitched well enough in the game to win the game, but just two terrible base running errors really cost the Braves, and that's going to be something they're going to think about the entire offseason. But a very, very game Atlanta Braves team go down to the Dodgers in seven games. The Dodgers, all the pressures on the Dodgers to win this World Series. This World Series is tied up 1-1. Dave Roberts, Clayton Kershaw with a big game one performance, thoroughly beat the Rays in game one. The Rays come back in game two with Snell, on the mound with a very nice performance. Brandon Lau, Wendell, Choi with big RBIs. Um, so we got a pivotal game three Friday night. Bueller against Bueller, Bueller, Bueller from the movie fame. Goes up against Charlie Morton, his who's turning into a World uh, Playoff Hall of Famer of all, you know, epic proportions, kind of a Kurt Schilling kind of guy. Reminds me of Schilling about how great he's been in the postseason. He was he pitched Game Seven for the Rays against the Astros. He's going to pitch Game Three tonight. Just a very rock solid. Gets it done. Makes the other team earn anything they get. Uh, he's the perfect guy in this situation. He would pitch Game Three and Game Seven if there were a seventh game. So good, good job there setting up the the pitching that way. But again, pivotal Game 3 on Friday night. I think if the Rays can win Game 3, they are a very, very live team in this series. Um, 
Game four for the Rays will probably be a bullpen game. Game four for the Dodgers, probably Urias. Um, we'll see how that goes. But uh, big, big, big moment here in the series, game three. I like the Rays to win the series in six games. I don't like Dave Roberts as a manager. I think he is kind of, he reminds me of, of a guy that we used to love here in Tampa, Tony Dungy, back when he was with the Bucks. Great regular season coach. Had a tough time getting over the top here in Tampa. Kept losing to the Eagles in the playoffs and was finally uh, was was let go. And obviously that led to the John Gruden hiring and the trade for Gruden, which led to the Super Bowl. I just have a funny feeling that Roberts is kind of similar to Dungy. I know Dungy won a title in Indy with Manning, but early in his career, I think Roberts is going to run into the same issues that Dungy ran into. They just can't get over the top. It would not shock me if the Dodgers do not win this series if Dave Roberts is uh, – on the hot seat, big time after this series, but we will see. Again, big players for the Dodgers. If you're the, if you're a Dodgers fan, guys that have been killing it have been Seager, Betts, and Will Smith. Will Smith, the rookie catcher. Obviously, Corey Seager, the shortstop, and Mookie Betts. To me, those are the three guys you really have to to, to contain if you're the if you're the Rays. If you're, if you're the Rays, get the game to the set, to the sixth inning and in make it a bullpen game. The Rays have a clear advantage in the bullpen. With their depth, their number of arms, their their, their the uh, power arms they have coming out of the bullpen. So if, if we can get the game to the sixth inning tied or ahead, if you're the Rays fan, or even within a, a run, I think you feel very good if you're the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think the Rays will figure out a way to get it get it done. Six games in Arlington, and the Rays will win their first World Series title. MVP is going to be of the World Series. I'm going to say Mr. Snell is going to win two games. Blake Snell is going to win two games. Um, again, I really like the the, the, the lineup, the, the versatility of the lineup. Choi, Brousseau can alternate. You got Lau, you got Yandy Diaz, you got Meadows, you have uh, Wendell, um, a little bit of contribution out of uh, Zanino and potentially Adamas, but I really like the, the versatility of the, of the Rays. Again, you're listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm Jason Powers, your host. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google. Tell your friends to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Get us some more listeners, your friends. You're going to get lots of nuggets, fantasy nuggets, stuff you don't hear at a lot of places you're going to hear here on the on the Powers on Sports podcast. Uh, we last week we interviewed. Uh, we had a great uh, interview with T.J. Reeves, the sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was at the uh, Alabama Georgia game, broadcasting the game for the Compass uh, Media Networks. So we had a great interview there. We've got some other interviews lined up for the for the future here that we're going to have for you. So it's a great podcast. Check us out, and again, rate, subscribe, rate, and review. National Football League. We are in week seven. Lots of news going on this week. We've got a couple things. We'll first talk about some COVID issues. We've had uh, the the Las Vegas Raiders have some issues, major issues on the offensive line relative to COVID. Trent Brown has been tested positive. Jonathan Abrams positive, but they also, with their contact tracing, have have uh, quarantined their entire offensive line, the starting offensive line. So that game is in doubt whether it's going to happen. 
The game was moved. Bucks Raiders was moved from Sunday night football from the 8 o'clock, 8.20 slot to the 4 o'clock slot. Gives NBC some uh, opportunity to still have a game. The Seattle-Arizona game has been moved to the eight, to the Sunday night NBC game with Collinsworth and Al Michaels. In the event there's an issue, further issue with the Raiders, this Raiders-Bucks game could get moved to Monday night potentially, maybe even Tuesday. But as of right now, the game is still on for Sunday in Las Vegas. Brady, Gruden, uh, obviously Gruden in the Buccaneer uh, connection. You got Brady involved with the Tuck rules, so a lot of lot of lot of narratives there. So again, Bucks huge huge effort last week against the Green Bay Packers, a thumping of Aaron Rodgers and company. The defense, which I've been telling people all year, I've been telling you on the podcast, the Buccaneer defense has been a sleeper part of this team. They were tremendous last week. Two interceptions, one taken back for a touchdown, the other taken back to about the two yard line. Ongoing pressure on Rodgers, four or five sacks on Rodgers. The offense was really good last week, very efficient. Ronkowski getting in the mix. Ronald Jones running the ball very well for over 100 yards for the third straight game. Brady playing very well. Very, very good team. This team is coming together in Tampa. Look out. Other big news of the week. You had the Dallas debacle last week on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals. Got thumped. You had all the chatter coming out of the Dallas locker room post-game about not being coached worth a flip, not very well, shots at McCarthy, shots at Mike Nolan. Uh, I'm not a fan of this because, again, the players, they're not playing great, but the, there, there's a lot of been a lot of lackadaisical effort, a lot of missed tackles, a lot of assignment uh, errors by the, by the, on, the, on the count of the players in the locker room. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see how they react this week going to Washington. But the Dallas Cowboys are in big trouble. Massive injury issues on the offensive line. Zeke Elliott had made two fumbles Monday night, which really killed the Cowboys. Any chance of them staying in the game? So major issues in Dallas. The Tua era is underway in Miami. Kind of a surprise out of left field that it happened this week. But the Tua is going to be the new starter for the Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick was told he's being uh, not going to be playing anymore. He wasn't real happy about that. A little heartbroken, apparently. If you're Ryan Fitzpatrick, you knew this was coming. Obviously, the the the, the curveball in this whole situation is that they've won two in a row, are three and three. Fitzpatrick's playing good, not great. He's playing good. He's not been playing great like some people are, are spouting off. He did not play great in this game last Sunday against the Jets, even though they won 24-0. He threw two picks. He threw another couple balls that could have been picked. So, again, I'm not going to say Fitzpatrick's playing great because he's not. It'll be interesting to see how the chemistry uh, of the locker room kind of adjusts to Tua. Uh, Obviously, Tua, the number one pick out of Alabama. Hip injury last year at Alabama. He hasn't played anything live in quite some time. So we'll see how he goes. The Dolphins are on a bye week this week, so that gives him a little more practice time with the with the starters. So we'll see how that goes. But it'd be very interesting to see how, how this two experiment goes these next two or three weeks. Um, if he doesn't play well, how long do they stay with him, especially if they stay in contention for the division title? Uh, they're only one game behind the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. It's a very potentially a it's a, this is a team this year that could be a six or seven seed in the AFC. Potentially, so how this decision uh, 
was orchestrated by Brian Flores. A little bit of a PR hit for Flores. He really didn't sound like he didn't do a very good job of informing uh, Fitzpatrick what was going on until it got leaked to the media. Somebody internally leaked it out to the media before Fitzpatrick knew. So uh, Fitz, remember Flores comes from the Belichick tree where they try to keep things very tight to the vest. So I'm sure he was not very happy about that getting leaked out early in the week prior to him uh, announcing it publicly. You know, Fitzpatrick was was given the old wine was on the whining circuit about his, Oh my, you know, I'm heartbroken. And I, you know, I get it. I get it. Fitzpatrick, you're playing pretty good and you're not, you, you, you're not expecting that to happen, but he knew going in to this year with Tua being healthy, that at some point mid season Tua was going to be playing, whether they were probably winning or losing. Cause you have to find out what Tua can do this year. You can't go a whole year and God forbid Fitzpatrick went 10 and six you can't go a whole year nine and seven. You can't go a whole year without knowing what you have in Tua. You have to have him play this year to know what you have moving forward from a drafting perspective, from a free agency perspective, and for the development of Tua. So uh, some can argue this was maybe a little too early, but you, but you had to make the move eventually. Tua maybe has been lighting up in practice. We don't know that. We will see very soon. First game outs against the L.A. Rams coming to Miami Week eight, so it'll be very interesting to see how the Tua experiment and project and era begins. Trade deadlines coming up in the NFL here in a couple of weeks. Some interesting uh, couple of moves this week. The Buccaneers traded for a defensive lineman from the Jets. Funny story there. He plays in the game Sunday, sh- jumps in the car right after the game in Miami, drives up from Miami to Tampa on Sunday. So he can start his protocol. There's a five-day protocol when you sign with a new team. So he has to go through the COVID protocol. So he got here Sunday night, drove rental a rental car from Miami straight to Tampa to get into the protocol. So he'll be available this Sunday. McClendon's a guy that's played for Todd Bowles before up in New York when he was the head coach with the Jets. Very good glue guy. Be a backup defensive lineman with the loss of Vita Vea. So that's a good move there. You have Ngakwe, Yannick Ngakwe traded from Minnesota to Baltimore. Minnesota not going anywhere this year, so they unload Ngakwe and his big salary, get a couple of draft picks back. Baltimore loading up for the for a big run this year with Ngakwe as an elite pass rusher. He'll be better in a, in a situation where they're winning. He was not going to be good and not very uh, happy in a situation where they're not winning, so good job by Minnesota unloading him and getting him out of there. Got a couple other guys from Minnesota that could. Minnesota's a team to watch. So is a team like Cincinnati, of a team that could trade somebody like an AJ Green. You got a guy like Harrison Smith that could get dealt. Um, be interesting to see what happens again with Minnesota. Again, you'll have some guys. You'll have some older players in Minnesota potentially traded. No more Daniil Hunter. He's done for the year. Antonio Brown. Lots of speculation and chatter this week that A.B. is soon to be signed by an, a team. His L, his suspension ends after week eight. Uh, he's got an eight-game suspension, so he's eligible to play week nine. Lots of chatter that Seattle is very interested in Antonio. Other chatter that there's N, other NFC teams. Could a team like Green Bay be interested in Antonio Brown? They need some number two receiver help desperately. He'd be pretty good with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. So if it's not Seattle, I would look at Green Bay. 
I would also potentially look at the Chicago Bears as a potential home for him. Um, maybe even, I don't think the 49ers, but you never know. But again, I, my, my guesses are going to be Seattle Green Bay is the one and two favorite for Antonio. I don't think Tampa Bay would be in that market unless they had an injury this week in Las Vegas to either Godwin or Evans. But if one of those two guys were to have gotten injured, you could see definitely Tampa Bay could potentially be another landing spot for Antonio Brown. So keep your eyes open there. If you're a fantasy owner, pick up Antonio Brown. He's going to be on a team in less than two weeks. Stash him away for a couple weeks. Pick him up. All right, let's get to the NFL slate. I'll give you I'll give you some game information, and then I'll make my three best bets. Here we go. Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cleveland got hammered last week in, in Pittsburgh. I had Pittsburgh nice last week with minus the three points. I would think Cleveland would rebound here. Cincinnati is not very good this year. Uh, not Burrow's been up and down, some good, some bad. Uh, close game, but I'll take Cleveland here to rebound with Baker, Odell, uh, Kareem Hunt. Give me Cleveland. Dallas goes to Washington. Looks like Kyle Allen will start. It's a pick em game. I like the Cowboys here to win the game close, but I'll take Dallas, again, to rebound a little bit from their Monday night performance. Three good receivers. I think Elliott will play better. Andy Dalton will play a little better. Give me Dallas um, to win that game. Detroit heading to Atlanta. Detroit beat uh, Jacksonville pretty convincingly. Atlanta, nice performance last week in Minnesota. Raheem Morris's first game as interim coach. Atlanta's minus two and a half. I don't have an opinion on that. I would probably lean Atlanta a little bit, but I could definitely see Detroit winning the game. DeAndre Swift is starting to become more of a factor from a fantasy perspective. So uh, if you don't have Swift and he's available, I would do, scoop him up. New Orleans hosting the Carolina Panthers. Carolina lost last week to Chicago at home. New Orleans was off. No Mike Thomas. No Emmanuel Sanders, who's late in the week, has, has uh, tested positive for COVID. So you're going to be down your top two receivers for New Orleans. Heavy dose of Latavius Murray, Kamara. You'll see some Jared Cook, who could be a factor for you from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Traquan Smith as a receiving option. Look at him. Uh, as well, I like New Orleans to win the game coming off the bye. Again, New Carolina has been very competitive so far. Buffalo heading to the Jets. The Jets are an, a disaster, an absolute uh, train wreck. I like Buffalo. Two, two losses in a row, though. I don't like that. But I'll take Buffalo to win the game. I don't like the 13.5 necessarily. But Buffalo will also be a survivor pool pick for me. As well, give me Buffalo. Green Bay heading to Houston. Again, the Packers were thumped last week in Tampa. I definitely look for them to have a big performance after getting thumped in Tampa. Houston lost a controversial or lost a heartbreaker to, to Tennessee. Derrick Henry ran for 200-plus. If you remember, Cronell went for two at the end of regulation, up seven to try to put the game away. Didn't make it. Tennessee went down and scored, kicked the extra point, went to overtime. And then Henry in overtime with the game winner. I like Green Bay minus the three and a half. Aaron Jones is going to be iffy, so potentially Jamal Williams. A.J. Dillon could be getting a lot of touches here for the Packers. Houston is decimated on defense. Not very good against the run. 
So you'll see a lot of running and then play action with Aaron Jones. I mean Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams back in the mix. Four o'clock games. You got Tampa Bay going to Vegas. If they play, take Tampa Bay because the offensive line for the Vegas is going to be compromised to some degree. I already I made my play early in the week before the offensive line situation was even a factor. I got Tampa minus two. I love Tampa Bay in this game. They're playing very well defensively. The Bucks will just be too much for Gruden and the Raiders. Kansas City heads to Denver. Kansas City minus 10 coming off their nice win in Buffalo. Edwards Hilaire with a huge game running the ball. Mahomes was very efficient throwing the ball in the rain in Buffalo, in going to Denver. Denver with a nice win last week in New England. Looks like Drew Locke's back in the mix. Uh, the defense played pretty well for Denver, but I think too much offense for Kansas City. Ten points is maybe a little too much for my liking. I won't. I'll pass on the game from a gambling perspective, but I'll take Kansas City to win the game. Very interesting game in Foxborough. Four twenty-five. 49ers visit the Patriots. Patriots lose last week to Denver. 49ers with a big win last week Sunday night against the Rams. Garoppolo played very well. The defense played very well. The reemergence of Debo Samuel back into the offense. Kittle. Um, I like the 49ers here. I just don't think the Patriots have enough offense. New England will be good on defense for sure, but I think, in a, remember, this is the Jimmy G return to New England game. First time I think they've played since he got traded. So it'll be very interesting to see what the reception is in New England for Jimmy G. Um, back in Foxborough as Cam Newton's on the other side. Belichick, Garoppolo, McDaniels, that whole trilogy. I like the 49ers to win the game. I think the running game will be good. No Mostert out again injured. Um, but they do have McKinnon. They do. I, I like Kittle. I like Debo. I'll take the 49ers in a close one to squeak one out in Foxborough. You got the probably the game of the week. You got Tennessee and hosting Pittsburgh. You got both of them undefeated. Great matchup. Derrick Henry on fire. The one thing that concerns me about Tennessee a little bit in this game, this is their third game in 12 days. Remember, they played the Tuesday night game. They played Sunday, and then they're going to play again Sunday. Third game in 12 days, physical toll. Uh, I like Pittsburgh to go win this game. Again, close game. Tannehill's playing great. Henry's playing great. I do think the Tennessee defense can be had a little bit by Roethlisberger and company. Claypool's continuing to emerge. James Conner's playing very well. Big loss for the Steelers with Devin White out, but I like Pittsburgh to win the game. Pittsburgh's plus one, uh, basically a pick'em game. So give me Pittsburgh. Last game of the day, you got Chicago. I mean, you got the Chargers hosting the Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville's in a full meltdown. Get thumped last week. I like the Chargers big here. Justin Herbert played very well so far. At home, coming off a bye, desperation time for the Chargers. Give me the Chargers. Um, at home Monday night, the Rams host the Chicago Bears. Excellent matchup. Bears 5-1. and one. Foles just finds a way to keep winning close games. I uh, The Rams are minus 5.5. I like the Bears in the points, but I do think the Rams, uh, the Rams could win the game. Close game, but I'll take Chicago in the 5.5 uh, here as well. So there you have it. Best bets of the week for me. I love the Buccaneers on the road. I like Pittsburgh. And I also like a teaser with the Chargers and the 
Give me the Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers in a teaser together. And then the Buccaneers straight up. Also, I like the uh, other couple teams I like to tease. I also like Green Bay in this week. And I like the Dallas Cowboys as well. So I gave you a couple bonus ones there. But the big one I love is Tampa Bay. I got them at minus two. I don't know what the line's going to be once they establish what the offensive line situation is for the Vegas. But I love Tampa Bay in that game. Too much firepower and too much defense. And then I'm going to be teasing the Chargers with either the Steelers or potentially even the Saints as well. So there you have it. The Powers on Sports podcast. Another week in the books. We'll see you next time. Hopefully next time we see it, the Rays are world champions. Again, game three Friday night. They'll play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, off Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday if necessary. So I love the Rays. Game six game series. Give me the Bucks. We're trying to make this a triple title town, Tampa Bay. Lightning, Rays, Bucks. Here we go, Bucks. And I just made a big trade in fantasy football, too. So my team is one in five and in disarray. So I'm unloading players left and right. Just traded Tyreek Hill and company for Justin Jefferson, Mostert, and Brandon Cook. So we'll see if that changes my fortune. So enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports podcast.